Oh my god, hold on, let me swallow my gum so I'm not sitting here chewing. Swallowing it. Always. It's gone. Your stomach is just going to be full of little bits of rubber. Hello and welcome back to another episode of That Beauty Podcast, your go-to guide for all things beauty from two of Australia's leading beauty editors. As always, that's me, Carly Orman. And me, Bettina Tyrrell. Hey guys, welcome back. Carly, this is the point where I tend to ask you how your week has been, but I'm just going to palm you for a minute because we have a lot to get through in this episode. <laughs> you don't know, I could have had the best week of my life. You could have, but I am, I'm I sure didn't. you'll find a way, I'm sure you'll find a way to let us know about it in this episode. <laughs> so going through. Actually, I can. I can. <laughs> So guys, like always, we have our MVPs, but then we also have our reoccurring segment, Ask an Expert, where we open up our little black book of beauty and ask our experts to answer your questions. And then Carly is going to be taking us through how to deal with a hot tool burn. And I am certain she has a story for this one. So before she kicks into that, let's head straight back up to the top of the episode. And Carly... What's your MVP of the week? I really like how you've learned how to curtail my waffling. <laughs> I'm sure Carly will tell us, but, but but before I give her opportunity to cut in while I take a breath, I'm just going to go dive straight in. Like that. Okay, my MVP. Well, I have tried the much-talked-about viral TikTok sensation that is the Maybelline Lash Sensational Sky High Mascara. So we posted to the Instagram the TikTok that made this mascara literally explode. It exploded all over the internet. I don't think there was one beauty website, podcast, magazine that has not spoken about this mascara. And if you missed it, please go have a look at our Instagram grid so you can see what I'm talking about. Now, In a nutshell, it looks like it adds significant length and definition to lashes, like the kind of effect you'd expect to get from a professional lash treatment or false lashes or something that delivers more than a usual mascara would. So it is out in Australia, but it turns out it's not the easiest product to get a hold of. I don't know if you've noticed this, B. It's not in Priceline. It's not in chemist warehouse stores. It's not in Woolies. It's what do you not mean? in Coles. Is it because it's sold out because of the TikTok phenomenon? Um, no, I can't. It can't be. I don't know if this is just some weird like marketing technique that chemist warehouse is using. But pretty much, it is. As far as I can tell, and please, listeners, correct me if I'm wrong. On the date of recording, it is only available at chemist warehouse, and only for click and collect. I mean, or you can get it delivered, but like. Only what? online. That's you would think. You would think these stores would be like stocking to the max because everyone is trying to get their hands on this mascara. Hundred percent. I mean, even TikTokers still go into stores. <laughs> <laughs> even people go into bricks and mortar. Absolutely. Anyway, yes. So it's um. Look, it's it's quite a tricky one to get hold of. Um. Because I could get it at my local chemist warehouse and it was on special for $15. I was like, okay, I have to get it. If those two things didn't happen, I'd probably be like, ugh, I'll wait until it's more widely available. But I was like, nah, I'm going to do it. I was so excited to get it that when the text came through from chemist warehouse that it was ready, 
I raced off to Bondi Junction and I walked up and the shutters were closed from the store. So I was like, oh, kidding me so of course I went the first thing the next morning because I had to try it and as soon as I got home I was in my sweaty gym gear and I put it on immediately and I was floored with the instant definition that it gives lashes in just one coat really floored yes it's like the the formula is just pretty black right and the brush is that really rubbery kind with those stiff bristles rather than like those big fluffy bristles and that's from what I understand from makeup artists I've interviewed and spoken to is those rubbery bristles are really, really great for lift and definition because they can kind of really get in between the lashes to coat and comb, I guess, at the same time. And then also the other thing that I really like about the brush, it's kind of like a canonical shape. So it really goes to a small tip. So you can really get into your corner lashes without smudging it everywhere. So, yeah, this pretty much coated every single lash. I probably, like, with one coat would have been satisfied as, like, you know, daytime look. It really, like, lifted, defined, did all those things. And then it builds nicely too. So I've done – I'm quite happy with two coats. I think that's, like, nice, you know, lift definition for me. It's not super, like, on the volume side of things. But I've seen a lot of videos online where people have, like, really four or five coats and you get that really – I mean, I guess for lack of a better description, that spidery kind of effect. And it just looks like it doubles people's lashes. It's insane. In terms of the hold, doesn't flake through the day. That lift and the curl that it gives holds throughout the day. Like I was super impressed and kind of droop. And then I was like, oh, okay, thanks. I had it for two hours and then that was done. So yeah, big tick from me. I mean, look, Maybelline mascaras tend to be like never fails in the mascara department for me, but this one is truly excellent. So if you are someone who spends a lot of time in the morning on your lashes, trying to get the curl, the lift, the definition, I don't know, maybe use two or three different kinds of mascara and a lash curler, I reckon you could probably just use this. Wow. You're maybe making me think that I can throw away my eyelash curler. Oh my gosh. Okay. No, that's a big call. That's a big call. I would never, I would (laughs) never, um, try and tempt you to depart with that. I know how attached you are to your eyelash curler, but it is an excellent mascara. And look, I got it on special for 15, but retails for $24.95. And like I said, for now, Chemist Warehouse online for click and collect or delivery. But I'll, I'll put the link in the show notes for you. Hey, who knows by the time this goes out, maybe you could walk into a price line and it'll be sitting there. All right, B, tell me yours. Can you compete with a viral mascara? I don't know if I can rival your mascara, but I can, because my MVP is literally the whole other end of the spectrum. Mine is a book. So my MVP this week is The Australian Healthy Skin Diet by Geraldine Giorgio. So I've had this book for a while and I've kind of revisited it because I came back from holidays and my skin, I feel like I'm always like referring back to holidays. Like I feel like (laughs) this holidays, this summer must have been pretty integral to my life because we're going to be in August still talking about our December, January holidays. When I was on holidays that one. When I was on holidays, that one long wet holiday that I had that was just raining the whole time. (laughs) Anyhow, when I came back from holidays, my skin was like out of sorts. I had breakouts. I had like a load more redness than usual and it was just out of whack. And I put it down to the fact that my diet was pretty poor, like in a good way. <laughs> I was eating lots of cheese. I was drinking more, probably taking, eating a lot more sugar, but it had, I, I clearly my skin 
was showing that that is what I had been doing for two weeks. So I picked up this book again and it's written by an accredited dietitian. It looks at how you can support your skin through nutrition to improve things like acne, psoriasis, dermatitis, eczema, rosacea, and other common skin conditions. What I love about the advice in this book is that it's super practical and backed by science. So there's nothing woo-woo. There's no mention of you know, juice cleansers, and it's just super helpful, factual information. The first half of the book is written skincare advice. So it takes you through different skin concerns and how nutrients can impact and affect it. It covers a lot of some of the stuff that we spoke about with Jess Seppel last week. And then the second half has meal plans and recipes. So for the last two weeks, my partner and I, we've been cooking our dinners solely from this book. And solely, that's solely. Yeah. Usually I'm a Jamie Oliver girl. That is what solely means. A little bit of an Ottolangi kind of person as well, but no, we've just decided we're going to cook from this book and the meals are great. And not just from a female perspective, because men, you know, their diets just can be different to women a lot of Meat. the time. They're like a bit more, yeah, a bit more bulk, but Patrick's been really loving them too. And basically they're just super healthy, super easy, like really, really quick, packed with nutrients as well as giving you lots of tips for avoiding things like overloading on sodium or carbohydrates or sugars, which can have a negative effect on your skin. So it considers gut health and inflammation as well. And all these internal things that can, that that can be going on and that can then present on the skin. I want to talk about some of the examples of the recipes. So like there are, there are snack options, which is great. I haven't gone into those yet, but probably really good for work. There's breakfast options, lunches, and dinners. I've been working through the dinners. I had a tofu and eggplant curry with zoodles. I had a black bean chili with cauliflower rice. I had a Korean beef bibimbap. So there's equally weighted vegetarian um, and also meat uh, meals in there as well. I can't say that my skin is 100% fixed and flawless. It's only been two weeks and like we know that change takes a lot longer than that. But I'm loving the meals. I'm enjoying cooking them and eating them. And I'm feeling super healthy. And I'm definitely going to be adding a few of these to my weekly menu. I think it's a really good book beyond the delicious meals. I think it's a really good book if you've been battling with skin issues or perhaps you want to take a more holistic approach to your skin and your skincare. I also think, you know, if you just want to know more about the link between food and nutrients and your skin, or perhaps you are you know, like suffering with rosacea or acne, and that's a massive challenge for you. This book provides such insight, and I really trust the information in this book. I trust it more so than what you can dig up in a Google search on the internet. So, I mean, I'm not saying it can replace a dermatologist, but I think the actual skin advice is so valuable, and it's also a really great read. She puts it into really easy terms, so highly recommend. I do love the idea of easy and healthy recipe ideas because that's always me like you know on a a Wednesday night you're like oh I should cook something but I don't know what and then I'm just going to order pasta and then that's you know not great these are super easy super easy and also just like light and fresh that kind of vibe but definitely filling so give it up and where can one where can one get their oh, yes, of Bettina? course, of course. So this book Come is, on, don't leave us hanging. This book, so it's the Australian Healthy Skin Diet. It is $35 from Murdoch Books, Dimmicks, Booktopia, Big W. You can find it pretty much anywhere you can buy a book. 
Fabulous. Well, I I think I actually have a copy of that somewhere, which I flicked through when I first got it going, oh, yes. And now maybe I need to, maybe now I need to dig it out. All right, guys, we will put the links in the show notes for you for those things. And up next, we are going to be answering your questions. It's time to open our little black book of beauty experts. We're lucky enough to know and have access to some of the best beauty experts in the biz. Because we want to help you on your beauty journeys, we put the call out and got you to write to us any beauty question you had. We have some really great ones, which we will continue to have answered throughout the season. So if you have a question, do email it through to us at thatbeautypodcast at gmail.com, or you can DM us on our Instagram account at thatbeautypodcast. Today, answering your questions, we have Dr. Scott McGregor, skin cancer and cosmetic physician, and the co-founder of that lovely sunscreen brand, We Are Feel Good Inc. He will be talking to us about the importance of skin cancer checks. We have scientist and science educator, Dr. Michelle Squire of Curate and Curate MediSkin, explaining collagen powders, and dermatologist and friend of the show, Dr. Alice Rudd of Skin Depth Dermatology will be telling us what derms really think of that popular skin treatment, dermaplaning. So first up, here's Dr. McGregor answering this question. I've never had a skin check. How do I know if I need one? The quick answer to your question is yes. If you have never had a skin check, then get one done, no matter what type of skin you have. Unfortunately, Australia has the highest rates of skin cancer in the world. But a skin check is not just about checking you for skin cancers. It also allows the doctor to educate and advise you regarding your relative risk based on your skin type, your family history, your past exposure, and things such as your sports and current habits. You should leave the consultation with a very clear idea of how to protect your skin from UV light and your relative risk of developing future skin cancers. It also allows the doctor a great opportunity to educate around the other damaging effects of the sun, including ageing of the skin, and discuss with you how best to manage this. It's worth noting that 90% of skin ageing is from sun damage. Most Australians are at very high risk of developing skin cancer. This includes those with olive skin, with Mediterranean backgrounds, for example. The skin cancer risk is relative to the amount of time spent outside unprotected, and the damage accumulates as we get older. Just because you don't burn does not mean you are safe. Thank you so much, Dr. McGregor. Dialing in is our next expert, skin guru, Dr. Michelle Squire. She'll be answering... I'm 46 years old and taking collagen powders and seeing glowy skin results, but there are so many to choose from. I wondered if powders with higher collagen per serve are best or perhaps collagen plus probiotic blends are better. Can you help? To answer the question about is an increased uh, percentage of collagen per serve the best type of supplement, the answer is definitely yes. Um, There are some supplements that have so much other stuff in them other than collagen that you know, you'd have to take quite a lot to see results. So in all of the scientific studies, the dosage of about three to five grams a day of collagen peptides for three months of daily use were what showed results for people in their skin. So what you want is a supplement with a high percentage of collagen so you don't have to drown yourself to get that kind of dosage. 
But that's not the only thing because you also want to look for a supplement with the right peptide profile. And by that, I mean collagen peptides in the supplement that have a low molecular weight of about two to four kilodaltons, which is the measure of size for proteins. So you want two to four kilodaltons in size because that's the size that's what we call bioactive. So that's the size that's that's known to be absorbed across the gut and make its way into the bloodstream about an hour to one to two hours after ingestion and then get to the target tissues to have their effects. So if you're not sure if that's the peptide profile of your supplement or the concentrations of your supplement, then... Perhaps it's um, time to look for a supplement that actually displays that or contact the manufacturer and ask them because they'll have that information. So to answer the question about whether collagen plus probiotic blends are better, the answer is a little bit more uh, nuanced than, than just, you know, are probiotics good for the skin because probiotics tend to be very strain specific. So different strains of the probiotic bacteria do different things in the body. So unless you're certain that the probiotic strains are actually those that have been showed in the clinical studies to produce results in the skin and not just for gut health um, or, or some other some other outcome, then I'd say probably my preference would be to go for a collagen supplement that had a high percentage of collagen, again, so you don't have to drown yourself in it, um, versus uh, a collagen and probiotic blend. Of, unless, of course, you can have some assurance from the manufacturers and some, some science to say that, that those are the right strains uh, specific for skin outcomes. Thank you, Dr. Squire, and welcome Dr. Alice Rudd, who will be answering our last listener question. I'm curious about derma planning. Do experts recommend this or is it a big no-no? So I'm a big fan of dermablading or dermaplaning, as it's also known as. There's a lot of myths about it that have been thrown around, that it's like shaving and the hairs grow back more coarse or differently. But I find personally in my practice it to be a really useful treatment for hair on the face specifically and particularly hair that's not amenable to laser treatment. So the way that we provide dermaplaning or dermablading is using a sharp surgical blade to just gently exfoliate off all the dead skin and top layer of keratinized skin as well as the hairs that come with it. And it is really providing a nice exfoliation and hair removal that results in quite smooth, supple skin. And I've even had some clients who've had the treatment done fine that their hair hasn't grown back afterwards. So it does need to be repeated in most people after a few weeks. But as a general rule, I love it as a treatment by itself for those with hair problems or as an adjunct to say a peel where you can have a gentle exfoliation without physically exfoliating it too much and irritating the skin and allowing application of say chemical peel or a skin treatment and enhancing penetration. Thank you, Dr. Rudd, and thank you to everyone who wrote in. If your question wasn't answered this week, stay tuned as we will have this segment again soon. As Bettina alluded to at the beginning of the episode, of course I would find a way to tell a story from my week, Um, but not only is it a story, I now have turned it into an entire segment because I know that I am not alone. Because I was curling my hair the other day with a curling wand 
and as I reached for a piece at the back, the barrel touched my hand for literally a half a second, but that was long enough for the damage to be done. But Tina, I can see your face. I know the pain in your face. I saw you this day. I saw you after Mm -hmm. your fresh after your burn. We went out for dinner and it looked so sore and it's huge. Like it's a big, it's not just like a little line. Like it's a big patch. Yeah, it's a big Ooh. patch. She's a biggie. I've taken some pictures, so I don't know. Maybe if it's not too gross, I'll put them on our Instagram. We'll see. We'll see. So almost instantly after it happened, the skin went red and it got that like kind of thickened look to it. It looked tight. It was hot. It was burning. So I ran it under some cold water, but then I was getting ready to come and see you. So I was impatient and I needed to get ready. So I needed to continue doing my hair. So I just kind of stopped and then intermittently I'd keep like running it under cold water. But look, that was definitely not the right way to deal with it as it happened. And given so many of us use hot tools and there are so many kinds and ways to maneuver them. It's not uncommon to get burns on your hands, wrists, arms, forehead, even neck. I mean, once um, my mum asked me if I had a hickey and I was like, I wish (laughs) I was just straightening my hair. Like, oh, that's just my straightener, mum. Thanks. Anyway, so yes, because I'm I'm not alone. This has happened to all of us. There's so many people who are like, oh yeah, this little burn on my wrist, that's just from my curler. I thought, let's talk about what to do when you burn yourself and how to best treat the area so it doesn't scar. Now, I guess we're kind of mostly talking about those superficial first degree burning here. If you've done some serious damage with your hot tool, I highly recommend going to see a doctor or a medical professional and getting it checked because I mean just just a reminder I'm not a doctor just a beauty editor giving some beauty advice so if things feel really bad go and see a doctor Uh, and I guess maybe let's just clarify how do you know if it's a first degree burn or if it's worse a first degree burn is a superficial burn that happens on the top layer of skin you know the skin that you can kind of see that's called the epidermis and that's when that is damaged it is painful your skin will likely be red slightly swollen but at this stage it probably won't blister a second degree burn that is when the epidermis and the second layer of skin called the dermis are damaged now this could be very, very painful. Your skin could be pink, red, white, or even mottled. The burnt area might swell and blisters may develop. Um, And a deep second degree burn can cause scarring. Now, it is, like I said, it's really, really recommended if you get the discoloration or the blistering, you should seek medical attention. I got a blister and oops, I did not. So (laughs) do not do as I do. But you know, there is, there is a spectrum of blistering and I like to think that mine is not detrimental to my life but yes that is just I guess a rundown of how do you know if you're first degree or second degree and obviously if it's a third degree burn it'll be intensely intensely worse but usually we're somewhere between first and second degree if we're getting a hot tool burn unless you grab accidentally grab a hair curl or straightener that has been on and you didn't think was on and you held it for a few seconds go see a doctor if that happens okay You've burnt yourself, what do you do? First, you need to cool the area. You need to remove the heat from your skin stat because that will help stop the burn in its tracks 
and kind of stop it from progressing into the deeper layers of your skin, to your dermis. So run that burn under cool tap water or grab an ice pack, wrap it in a tea towel and put it on. If you can put a cool compress on that affected area for a good 20 minutes, that is possibly the best thing you can do. But whatever you do, do not put ice directly onto that burn as that can actually cause more damage and make the burn worse. So cool it down. Next, once you've cooled down the area, you want to disinfect and treat it. So gently, gently cleanse the area with some cool water. You can use soap, but make sure it's a really, really gentle, simple formula. And then if you've got some antibiotic ointment or hydrocortisone or even like a a burn gel or ointment around, apply that over the top. And if you can, cover with a bandage or a Band-Aid to protect it. Um, I guess with a Band-Aid, you just want to make sure that it's big enough that the the soft, cushy part covers the the wound. You don't want to have anything sticky on that, you know, because then if you remove that, that's... uh, So, yes, big Band-Aid to cover the whole burn. Bettina, I'm sorry, is this grossing you out? No, not at all. I just had the... I just... I just had the visual of what would happen if you put the sticky part of a Band-Aid <laughs> on a soft, delicate, blistered burn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. okay. I'm okay. good. I'm hanging in there. I've got, You're I've good. Got, You're hanging yeah. in. Yeah. You're good. Okay, great. We're not queasy yet. Now, if you don't have any of these things like an antibiotic ointment or hydrocortisone or burn gel lying around, which honestly I don't because I'm a millennial and who has a fully stocked first aid kit? I mean, Good on you if you do. I think that's really like a true sign of adulthood. So if you don't have these things, you can just use a basic moisturizer. Think Aven, La Roche-Posay, Bioderma, CeraVe. But I mean basic. No anti-aging creams, no actives. You want the most basic of basic moisturizers because you, if you have any active ingredients, like, you know, if you've got a retinol or an AHA, that's going to irritate the area and that's that's not that's going to hurt. Just don't do it. Basic, basic moisturizer. Now, once, once it's bandaged up and you're kind of in the day, because it will take a few days, it could take a week, it could take two weeks for this area to heal. What you want to do to make sure that it's healing properly and kind of to try and prevent the scarring is you need to keep the area hydrated. So the more moist you can keep the area, the better that is for the healing and scar prevention. So you want to regularly apply nourishing creams. Um, In the past, when I've had some hot tool burns, uh, less severe ones than the one I got. I've used just straight up rosehip oil on these areas and I've been really impressed with that. Uh, Trilogy has a really excellent one. It's a cult, cult favorite. Akin has a great one. There's so many rosehip oils. This time I have been slathering on my Ipsum body oil. I mean, I told you I love the brand. I wasn't lying. So I've been putting that on because that's got some really nice oils in there like macadamia nut, avocado, coconut, jojoba, heaps of others. So I've been putting that on as well as, again, who knew my event sickle fate would just be, I don't know, the MVP of the year helping me with all my skin issues, but using that kind of too, and then a Band-Aid on top. Now, one thing you should be aware of, if especially if your burn is on your face or your neck, or your chest and you're kind of self-conscious about the appearance of it I'm sorry to say but don't use things that can irritate it including makeup because that can yeah I know I know especially like uh, we've all had that like forehead forehead. and all you want to do is conceal it oh dear okay so must maybe cover it with your hair (laughs) 
cut a fringe. No, I mean, the, the thing is, is that the makeup, if you put makeup on before it's healed, it's, you know, had its time to heal, it can really irritate and inflame the area. It could cause an infection. It can really prolong the healing process. So if you're trying to cover it in the early stages, just be brave and don't. But if you are super, 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 super desperate and you just really need to wear makeup and you need to cover it. You can get dressings like the Duoderm Extra Thin Dressing to apply over the scar and then you can apply makeup over the top of that. But look, it might not exactly be an invisible patch type thing, but that is an option. Um, so I'll put the link to that in the show notes for you if you just want to have them on hand if you tend to be prone to hot tool burns. Now, another biggie while your burn is healing, and probably this is more for the later stages when it's not kind of feeling too tender, is sunscreen. Because that skin is going to be, it's fresh skin. It's like fresh baby skin. So you need to be super aware about protecting it from, with sunscreen. I mean, look, we should all be applying sunscreen on all skin everywhere anyway every day. But just so that you're aware, this new healed skin needs some extra TLC and sun protection. So make sure that it is sufficiently covered. So now what if you're like me and you get a blister? What do you do about the blister? Look, it's likely um, it can happen, especially if you're not, if you do like I do and don't cool the area properly as soon as possible. I mean, look, if you are blistered and it's blistered bad, again, medical attention is a good idea. Just saying. Now, if a blister starts forming, do all the same steps, but just be super extra gentle because there is typically some fluid under that blister and that fluid is actually trying to protect you from infection. And the skin under that fluid is kind of trying to heal. So you don't want to break the skin of that blister because that could that could lead to scarring and infection and things like that. Also, another oops, <laughs> while I was writing my notes for this segment, I accidentally popped my blister. <laughs> I was leaning on my hand. Ugh. I have I been know. known I've been known to pop blisters in the past, like it's so purpose. tempting. Yeah, because I, I feel know. like I always think like, oh, well, once I pop it, then it can start healing. But that's not the right thing to do. I mean, look, it's I mean, I guess it's kind of right. It will heal. And once it's popped, you don't have to worry about it popping. But the thing is, is that once it's popped, you kind of just you're more at a risk of infection and scarring and things like that. So as long as possible, try and keep that blister formed. Now, if it does pop clean again, just gentle soap some water and an antibiotic ointment and apply a band-aid or bandage over the top that won't be sticky over the blister and your blister should hopefully heal in a few days so you know be patient I know it's hard like believe me I know it's hard um, and it sucks but you will get better there is hope now the big question once we all have a hot tool burn is how do I prevent the scarring because that's always the fear isn't it if you follow the rule of hydrate at all costs you're already doing a great job at helping preventing scarring. But once the healing has begun and the scar isn't as red or tender, you can try a silicon gel treatment as they can help improve the hydration of the area and really help that healing process. And, you know, hydration is the biggest thing in, in preventing scarring. So hydrate, hydrate, hydrate. Moisturizers, oils, they're your best friends. But if you do want to go down the silicon gel treatment route, some options are Dermascar or Bepanthin, I mean, if you walk into any, any chemist, they'll have an array of silicon gel treatments. So just ask a, a pharmacist or a chemist and they can help you find one to put over the area. Avoiding burns altogether. How can we do that? I mean, really, be careful. Take it slow. <laughs> you know, don't rush. 
And if your if your hands tend to be your most common victims, which for me it's my hands, it's my wrists, wear that really lame glove that sometimes comes with a hot tool or invest in a heat protecting glove. You know, GHD, Cloud9, they do them. There are some really cheap versions you can get on eBay or Amazon, but you know, buy beware always with those. You never know what kind of quality you're getting. But yeah, those gloves, they look really lame and you feel like a really big dork, but hey, they're protecting your hands. And um, can I add, can I add, because I yes. know that a lot of my burns come from when I'm using a tong, a curling, a curling wand, and yeah. I'm using the little um, latchy bit. What's the, what, how would you explain that? The bit that clamps. The clamp. The clamp is the bit that clamps. The latchy bit, the clamp. Okay. Gotcha. <laughs> I do like, I do like latchy bit. I'm sitting here using my fingers like a tong, like, <laughs> like a barbecue set of tongs to Carly as well. <laughs> Why? What I tend to do is I just don't use the clamp. If the clamp is a metal top, it will still heat up with the wand. Just wrap your hair over that that clamp. Like you don't need, you don't necessarily need it to clamp your hair in place. Like it's, I actually find them a little bit redundant on hot tools. I was gonna say I um the curlers with the clamps are my worst kind because you always get that weird like denty bit when you clamp your hair in. Exactly, you get that kink and you just don't really need it. So if you've got one with a clamp, just wind that hair right over the top of it and you'll definitely avoid a few extra burns I imagine yeah good tip um so there you go guys that is what to do if you burn yourself while doing your hair a common problem for a lot of us gals and guys um so yes I I mentioned a few little products in in that I know it's not super product heavy that segment but I will put the links in the show notes for you guys of course but um I think that draws us to the end of this week's episode wouldn't you say B? Sure does. So guys, you know the rules. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, do the do the do the review one first. We always forget about okay, it. Like, okay, oh, okay, okay, okay. Okay. First rule of TBP is. First rule of TBP club. Rate, review and subscribe. Head to your podcast app and shoot us a little review. We love hearing what you like about the show. It helps us plan for what we're going to talk about next and also gives us a little boost in the podcast charts. You can also head to our Facebook group and ask a question. We've got lots of lovely people in there helping us answer all your questions. That's That Beauty Podcast on Facebook. We have an Instagram account where you'll find lots more reviews, lots more product, lots more beauty inspo. That is at That Beauty Podcast on Instagram. But we will be here next week. So until then, bye. bye.